Cave of Cool. Phantom of the Paradise, man. That was one that they showed on TV a lot because Paul Williams was quite popular in the 70s. Mm-hmm. I mean, a little guy, not very good looking, uh, uh, nerdy as you can get, had a weird voice. Mm-hmm. When you hear him sing, like you just go, whoa, that's just it, – it's almost Broadway kind of, right? It's almost overdone. Yeah. Right? But he's so freaking talented. we found out in this in this this world in this week oh most overrated movies there's a good one okay avatar on the list oh avatar is on the list i i haven't actually seen avatar see you always say that and you know what i i want you to see it just so we can hate it equally together all right so i uh, I want you to go magnificent visuals and watch them on a tv mm -hmm. a regular tv you you'll you'll get the point right Mm -hmm. You don't have to go out and buy one of those ones where you have to put up a screen on a lake and yeah. sit in a tube. and You know, you don't have to do the side of your house with one yeah, of those okay. projectors. Okay, you don't have to buy a special 3D TV or anything. Exactly. Yeah. I would just just go with it and, and uh, amazed at the beauty, but hate every second that, that any story goes on. Because it will just uh, – it will make you want to kill yourself. Okay. And I'm glad that it made that list because it just validates everything I've, I've so ever said. So there was a list of most overrated movies. Most overrated movies, and yeah. it's at the Cave of Cool, and it's also it made its way back onto my MSN feed today, like it knew, like the Facebook yeah. robot knew I was podcasting today, yeah. you know. And it better stop letting me know when it knows, you know, because I know that you know, and it knows, and I know, yeah. so we know, okay? Yeah. So don't don't fuck with me, Facebook robot, because you so- that was on two weeks ago, and now you're bringing it back up today, please. Uh, so what? Okay, Avatar's on the list. Avatar's on the list. What else? One on that list? really surprised me was uh, the Big Lebowski, because there there's really? one, and I and I have to admit uh, to the world that even though I will say to people the dude abides, and I trust in the dude, yeah. I have never seen um, the Big Lebowski in all my time because it got to that point where I'm so afraid. It's so legendary. It's so cult like yep. that if, if it disappoints me, I can't live with myself. Okay. Are you recommending I should see it even though it's been so much time and it's got this, this aura about it that I, I, I do, do recommend that you see it. Okay. Okay. Uh, and, and now when you mentioned that it was on the list of overrated movies, if you had been watching me, if I'd been drinking water, I would have done a spit take. I was shocked. Um, it, again, that's what that's really surprised me that yeah, it made, the, that no, it was. Big Lebowski is an excellent movie. It's a great movie. It's not, it's it's it's, uh, it's underrated. It's hard to understand. And it's funny, like I'm I'm trying to find it here in the Cave of Cool, but it was one of the ones that really shocked me because I hadn't seen it and I thought, oh, maybe Kelvin's a genius. But then every remind me, no, you're a dumbass because you know I was looking for a reason not to watch it, right? Yeah. Maybe because I'm right. Uh, but no, people say no, that that one shouldn't be on there. Yeah. Um, I agree, I agree with Titanic. That's okay. another one that's there. Yeah. Uh, even though, like, I, I was one of the ones who said I'm never going to watch Titanic, but I got tricked into watching it. Mm-hmm. But the last hour, I'll admit, is spectacular. It's very compelling. Yeah. I mean, that's a great, great ship-sinking ship, ship scene. Oh, yeah. yeah. The way I it mean, really the happened. Whole, the whole technical thing with the ships breaking in half and all that and people falling. It's like, oh, wow, that's massive head trauma. Um, yeah, you know, yeah. It's, it's, you know, and the band's still playing. I mean, it, it gets to you. Yeah, um, I mean, but, you know, Leo and... and, and yeah, Kate, the love for, the love people have for it, I don't get it. Yeah. I mean, I would have... Uh, the fact that she didn't have room for him on that piece of board, yeah. that annoys me all the time. She wanted him to die. Yeah. And the fact that that selfish old woman tossed a priceless piece of, um, of, of, of jewelry back into the ocean to make, what, a point? Yeah. Fuck you. I mean, <laughs> give that to an... Or drop it off at an orphanage somewhere. Yeah. Not back in the water where no one's going to ever you know, find that, it again. That, that one piece of jewelry could have found it built back its whole... Thing. You know, oh, and of course you just yeah, you infuriate there. me. It infuriates me. Yeah. It just drives me up the wall. Mm-hmm. And the fact that it's one of those movies that you know people saw four hundred times, and I, I just don't get it. I hear the music, I hear the song. Yes, the song is very beautiful and stirring, but after a five hundred times, uh, you want to take your life. Yeah. When you hear it. Well, yeah. You know, Celine just must hate seeing it. That's why she doesn't eat no more. I think <laughs> because she has to sing that song, and she said, "I will not eat until that song." Is, is stricken from human memory. I'm surprised like, she's still alive. Um, uh, yeah, like well, that new movie about the guy, only guy that remembers the Beatles. Now that sounds interesting. That, okay, yeah. Um, that, that wasn't on the list of overrated movies. No, it wasn't. That's no, no. no. Called, that's I, I can't remember what it was called. Yesterday. Yeah, it was called Yesterday? Okay. That, that's, a, yeah. that's an interesting, interesting idea. It's an interesting premise. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, but you're going to run out of songs eventually, well, yeah. <laughs> right? You're going to have to go to ELO and Pretender Beatles songs <laughs> because, because, you know, Jeff Lynne had a lot to do with, with hanging out with those boys. And, and yeah. uh, you know, the fact that he was inaugurated into Rock and Roll Hall of Fame by the son of George Harrison yes. uh, tells you that, you know, he hung out with those boys a little bit more than he did. And oh, John, again, John Lennon said many times that they would have evolved into ELO if they would have stayed together anyway, Probably. you know? Yeah, and I mean, the, you know, look, Mr. Blue Sky. That's that's it. That's a a, a Beatles song. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, and and you know, the Traveling Wilburys. I mean, exactly. George Harrison and and Jeff Lynne were both in that. Uh, you know, oh, and was, Roy Orbison. Yeah, the project is like you know, Tom Petty. I mean, well, and know, again, to get those guys in the same room to write a song together and not have the Eagles go through the roof shows you what kind of respect they had for each other. Yeah. Right, and that that kind of thing, that kind of, those kind of projects, I just love. Because Roy, that was Roy Orbison, like he made. That's when he had his piano comeback. Yeah. In in the early '90s, and he was he did the the, the Katie Lang song, and he did the uh, the Traveling Wilburys, and he did I I I drove all night. Yeah. Which is oh, it just blows me away. In that video, it has as uh, Jason Priestley and Jennifer Connelly, and she's cute too, and she's got the leather jacket on, and he's got the leather jacket on on the motorcycle, and oh, I oh. Such a good video, yeah. with the way he sings and she's so hot and it just hit me at a at a moment and so I always and, remember. Uh, yeah, Roy Orbison had that big, huge comeback and and I I, I don't know what prompted it but I do know that he was uh, David Lynch. At that was the time that he made uh, the movie Blue Velvet. Yes, yes, uh, yes. Which is the movie he made right after Dune. Right. Uh, and and that was the big song was you know uh in dreams uh in dreams that's right and, and that was and his that, song that, and then he did katie lang he did and, he did crying with her but david um, had, a, had, a, had a knack for for taking stuff that had kind of been forgotten and and, and sort of bring it up again. that's right hey, what about this? And, people go, wow. and when i was a kid you know you had two choices at, at the, for that era like my dad would say you either liked elvis or Roy orbison mm-hmm. And Roy Orbison was my dad's favorite, so we had lots of Roy, early Roy Orbison albums. Mm-hmm. You know, Pretty Woman and In Dreams and all those kind of songs. Yeah. Um, and, but just his, his – the fact that, that 30 years later, he still had that falsetto. Like he could still hit those notes, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, just, just a legend. Like he was, sure, he looked like Dr. Octopus, but, <laughs> you know, yeah. so does one of the guys – if you ever watch Canadian uh, uh, MasterChef? Yes. Were, yeah, we got a Doctor Octopus on there too. Yeah, right? right. <laughs> I forget his name, but he's he's a good chef, but he looks like Doc Ock. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know. But uh, yeah, he's sort of the the the, <clears throat> the photo negative version of Heino. You know? Oh, or yes. Heino is the photo negative version. Heino is just negative. Yeah. Heino Heino is is you can I have two Heino albums. You know, yeah. Love Mother, Liebe Mutter. You know, he's just and the fact that that guy is is like an icon. And I'm sorry, any first anybody that's albino, I mistrust implicitly, mm-hmm. right? Because I'm sorry, there's just something about albinos. I, and I'm, hey, I'm sorry if you're an albino and you listen, right? Maybe connect with me. I know no albinos. I've never met an albino, but I just mistrust them implicitly because of Hino, mm-hmm. right? And I know he, he doesn't need to wear the glasses. He just wears them because yeah. he's an asshole, right? He wears glasses indoors and he insists that the lights be turned up um, because it just bothers others. Mm-hmm. And that's the kind of guy he is. And it's funny, my mother bought tons of those albums like that when we were kids in Europe. The guy was huge, and it just made me sick to my stomach that to look at that face. So glad he, there wasn't videos at that time because, yeah. you know, he would have made the lamest ones where he's wearing a sweater in the park and leaves are falling. And, and, I, don't, and I never want to see a girl who goes to a Heino concert and rushes the stage, right? And basically has her sign her has him sign her breasts. I just the whole thing is unseemly. It just you know yeah. it's like if Hitler would have won the war. That's Heino. All of yeah, all of the top forty bands would be Heino. Justin Bieber would be Heino. I don't that, know why that, we got on know. the topic of Heino. Uh, okay, well here's the topic. <laughs> he now, always now comes you up. said the magic word. Uh, you, you said Justin Bieber. Uh, now Justin Bieber challenged. Uh, Tom Cruise to a fight in the octagon. I'd say go, bitch, tomorrow. Yeah, well, no, you know, and I, honestly, it's like get your trunks on. You know, it's like I, okay. I got trunks. You know, I like got trunks in the car. Let's go, bitch. It's like the scrawniest kid in the in in, in the in the play yard, you know, schoolyard is going to challenge the, the biggest bully to a fight. It's like, well, yeah, well, Tom Cruise is, is as tall as Bieber, but like, like Cruise is like five foot two. Yeah. Bieber's like five foot. Mm-hmm. So they're all little guys. Yeah. And actually, did you see somebody computerized it roughly, like almost 8-bit? 
what the fight would go like. I, I didn't know. It wasn't good for Bieber. <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't imagine it would be. But yeah, it did it lead to, now, uh, the internet being what, what yep. it is, um, it did lead to a lot of people basically saying, well, okay, you know, there's the age difference, you know, 31-year age difference between Justin Bieber and kick his ass. So they said, okay, pick a celebrity 31 years older than you, and, right. and you challenge them, you know, which led right. to all sorts of ridiculous things. I mean, uh, um, I know uh, the one you're going to bring up. Brent Spinner challenged up. Angela Lansbury. Isn't that great? And then Isn't Dick Van Dyke, Dyke jumped in to try. The <laughs> fact was, that Dick Van Dyke is online and, yeah. and cogent enough and aware enough that he stands up for Angela freaking Lansbury. Yeah, and he even makes Again, a joke about Brent Spiner's name. You know. That's right, because he knows Spines. him. I bet you they did some play together or something, right? Uh, it was some, hilarious. Yeah. Some dinner theater. Uh, but he knew who he was, right? So he calls him out. And, and of course, my only response to that is, buddy, she would ghost you so damn quick because yep. this woman has a way of going into a small town and convincing all the hillbillies in that town why somebody else just killed their mayor or somebody important, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it wasn't her, right? Why it wasn't her, I don't know because she kills everybody and then comes <laughs> up with a convenient reason why someone else is to blame. So yeah. she would kill you and blame it on, on Dick Van Dyke and get away with it. So yeah. you better shut your mouth because if she comes up to your house, yeah. she is, if she gets out of the car – <laughs> She's not going back home until she beat your ass. Yeah. So, so I think Brent Spiner would probably should have, you know, maybe been. Don't, but the fact don't, that he don't, got don't, the joke. Stay away from Angela Lansbury. Exactly. But, you know, that's the wrong one, man. Because yeah. no, that lady. I, was, like, I, was, I remember a group, and they they said, "Well, pick a celebrity thirty-one years older than right. you." And I I tried. I looked, and the, you know, there's not many of them that are still alive. God, make who me Morgan? I mean, Street. Denny no. Miller could have kicked my ass, but he's been dead for a while. The only right, one I I'm can come up to... with was Alan Arkin. He'd have to be 85. And I yeah, still but Alan, Arkin, Alan Arkin could probably kick right. my ass. I saw, I saw a Little Miss Sunshine. He'd take me out. Yeah. And Alan Arkin, man, he's so good in any movie where he's like the dad mm-hmm. or just got like a like he's a, the, the, the co-star. Because yeah. they give him some funny, funny lines. Yeah, I wish I could remember one right now, but I, I've got this Alan Arkin thing in my head. that, And his son's really good too. Yeah. Uh, um, but Alan Arkin, I remember yeah, – I used to – I remember in movies from the 70s, you know, he used to do a movie – Called Freebie and the Bean with James. Yes, Cohen. yes. And Catch Twenty Two, man. He was the star of Catch Twenty Two. Yeah, that's right. You know? Catch Twenty Two. He was the original Catch Twenty Two. You know, you can't be you can't be out of the war unless you're crazy. But if you're yeah. crazy, you can't you can't fly or something yeah. like that. Yeah. So I I loved Alan Arkin. So I'm not going to challenge him because honestly, I really do think even at 83, he'd still kick my ass. Yeah, exactly. But you know. You know, but that's that's very funny. Like, and and I want Cruz to just say, "Fine, let's go." You know. Yeah. Let's go. I got trunks in a car. In fact, I will. I'll wear gloves. You don't have to, right? Yeah. And I'll let you wear one of those little hats for your head. And, and, right? and honestly, you know what? If if Tom Cruise is busy, I'll do it. Oh, I will too. I mean, I, I get winded walking up the street, but I, I'll do anything for a chance. We'll flip cards for it, man. You know. High card gets to kick Beaver's ass. Yeah. Right. I mean, and I'm the same age, right? <laughs> right. That's right. It would have to be in our contract that he's got to stay in there at least ten minutes. Yeah. So I'll catch him in ten minutes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean. Eventually, I'll get to him, like chasing the piggy down, right? Yeah, I'll corner right. him, and I only need a few minutes of just serious pounding yep. before my arm gets sore. Uh-huh. But I'll bet you I could hit him a few times just to just to just to teach him that, yeah. you know, just to give him a little little um a little um uh what what would we call it um uh, adjustment, yeah. well, <laughs> a little mental just, adjustment, just, just long enough to Tootle hear him up. cry like a girl, and that I'm That's satisfied, right. you know, to beg for his life and yeah. and to yeah. To beg for his life and call for his girlfriend, yeah. who would come in and kick my ass, but that's beyond the point. The cameras would be off yeah, by that's, then, right? That's, that's a whole other thing. She's a Baldwin, so you know she'd, she'd fight dirty, yeah. right? Oh, but speaking of movies from the 70s, and this is on yes. the list here. Now, cinema from the 70s, I love movies back in the 70s. One of the movies that a very obscure cult film, Phantom of the Paradise. Life at last, salutations from the other side. I can see that you're the devil's pride. Do you realize that all of you don't have some home? Boy, you hate it, that part of you. I'm your nightmares coming true. I am your crime. Phantom of the Paradise, man. That was one that they showed on TV a lot because Paul Williams was quite popular in the 70s. Mm-hmm. I mean, a little guy, not very good looking, uh, uh, nerdy as you can get, had a weird voice. When you hear him sing, like you just go, whoa, that's just it, – it's almost Broadway kind of, right? It's almost overdone, Yeah. right? But he's so freaking talented. The guy could play multiple instruments. Um, he wrote Bugsy Malone, which is that kid musical that's about right. the yes. 30s where they ride the little pedal cars and shoot uh, machine guns with custard in them. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's got Jodie Foster in it. 
Um, and it's one of those movies we saw a lot as a kid on the base because it got rotated a lot. So we all knew the songs. That's right. Right? And I put a few of them up on the Cave of Cool. Yeah. Scott Bale was in it before he was Chachi, mm-hmm. before he was big time. And again, you see, you see, what's her name in it? Jodie Foster. And she looks... 15, but she looks 30, right? Yeah. Like she looks like a prostitute. She's been a yeah. prostitute in a French whorehouse since she now, was 10. I, I, I love Bugs, Bugsy Malone. I do yeah, too. It comes up, but, but Phantom of the Paradise is Phantom a of Paradise. different animal. Yeah, this is, now this is one of Brian De Palma's early right. films. This is 1974, um, musical, rock, opera, horror, comedy. I mean, you right. know, so of course, you know, you, you, you had me there, you know. <laughs> and again, uh, the music is very good. It's about mm-hmm. Paul Williams, who's this kind of a, a maestro who runs this theater called The Paradise, and he discovers stars. Mm-hmm. And he, he steals music from this guy who wrote an opera about Faust. Yes. And he gets him sent to prison, where this guy gets in, in, in this uh, prison uh, medical treatment where he gets all his teeth pulled and replaced by metal teeth, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he's got metal teeth, and, and his voice gets altered. And he managed to break out of prison, and he finds this Phantom of the Opera mask, and so he becomes Phantom of this Paradise. Yeah. And he makes a deal with this guy called Swan, who's uh, Paul Williams, That's that he will write, he will finish this great magnum opus, mm-hmm. and he will be allowed to perform it. But, of course, Swan is not going to allow him to do that. He will kill him after he perf- creates his masterpiece. But, uh, you know, that becomes the central struggle between these two. And they have this guy called Meat who's almost like a meatloaf-like character, who's mm-hmm. horrible. And this girl, I forget her name, but she's very beautiful, and the both of them covered her. Jessica Harper plays the... Uh, What's her name again? Um, uh, I forget the, the her name. The actress's name was Jessica Harper. Right. Uh, I forget the character she plays, but they both covered her. Yeah, uh, Phoenix is the name. Phoenix, yes, yes. Phoenix, Phoenix, yes. And then the Juicy Fruits at the front. The Juicy again, Fruits, yes. Who sing that song about, uh, the, uh, mm-hmm. about that guy who, who commits suicide so his sister could get the operation she needs. We'll remember you forever, Eddie. Through the sacrifice you made, we can't believe the price you paid for love. Now, I, we had the soundtrack album. And we oh, I did too. Over again, and we well, love the music. Well, when you got, when you got um, Columbia House, that was one of the ones you got. It's like I got Streets of Fire, the same thing. It was one of those soundtracks. Uh, Eddie and the Cruisers. Yeah. Everybody had that soundtrack mm-hmm. because there were so many good songs on it. Um, uh, she has a great – I'll bet you there's seven or eight good songs on a 12-song on a um, um, album. It's a really good soundtrack. Mm-hmm. And, the, and the film is really kind of uh, bizarre and trippy. It's very 70-ish. Yeah, um, and it's, it's not done seriously. Although and, no. you know, it's something that most people don't know actually – He's uncredited, but Rod Serling actually does the narration. Really? Yeah. yeah. Wow. He doesn't get a credit, but so people don't. A lot of people don't know. He doesn't do that. To Eddie's sister, no, Mary no, no, Louise. No, no, not, okay, not, the, not the song. Just okay, not the song, but the, the narration. Movie. He's not on the okay. soundtrack, but in, in the movie, he does the narration to the thing, and it's it's Rod Serling. Um, it yeah, was really. It's, I, it's, I enjoyed it's a, it though. It's, it's, a, it's one of those ones movie. that that stick with you. You know, like yeah. when we were a kid, we just had oddities like that, right? Mm-hmm. That you could you could. You got into, and it went. And when it was on TV, it was kind of a an event. It was a Saturday night movie, right? Yeah. Like Kiss meets the Phantom of the Park, right? Well, they yeah. would show that in the summer. And even though it's a pile of shit, you watch it because it's got Anthony Zerbe movie. Anthony Zerbe. Now, very few people know who Anthony Zerbe is. But if you saw him, you would know who but he is. You know exactly. who he is. One of those seventies actors, like oh yeah, like Richard guy. Lynch. Yeah. Richard Lynch from uh, uh, um, the, the uh, Sword and the Sorcerer. Mm-hmm. Um, he's just a he's a, him and Anthony Zerbe are like twin brothers. Yes, they always get the bad guy role in a bad movie, a low budget movie, yeah. a Lord budget Sword and Sorcery or, or a supernatural movie. Yeah. They're perfect for it because now, now Anthony Zerbe, uh, you know, like he's you know, any TV movie done in the seventies, he's the bad guy. Yeah, you know, he's yeah. always the bad guy. He was actually in now his last picture or the last picture I remember seeing him in was actually uh, Star Trek Insurrection. That's right. He played the uh, the Starfleet Admiral. The one That's right. And he's good. Like you he's realize, good. he's a good actor. Yeah. Well, you know, you, know he's, you can't do that much work. You can't work. No. At that much, and he worked in everything. He did everything. You know? Again, like Richard Lynch, he's just one of those guys that you could always call him up. He would chew the scenery. Yeah. He wouldn't give a shit. Right. Yeah. He's like he's like a a, a, a Carradine, um, him the the father. Right. Yeah. Did a lot of those kind of roles. Um. Um. um what's what am I thinking of too? Like um. Ah, oh God. Ian McKellen is another one. You know, when he's your first choice, you usually get him, right? Yeah. Even if it's a concept like Magneto, he doesn't turn his nose up at it. Yeah. Well, you know, and say that oh, I was Ian, on Broadway. You know, Ian McKellen was... wants, you know, he's he. I mean, he, he Ian McKellen wanted to be on uh, Coronation Street. 
Yeah, exactly. And, he, and they said, please, tell us. <laughs> you have tell a us this. Coronation Street. It's like, right? Please. Yeah, come on. We'll write you in Patrick Stewart a role. You're the two gays who are, come on and have apples. You're the two gays who bought new hats together and go pick apples, right? Yeah, that, that would God be awesome. damn, isn't that the best day ever? Though, it's, it wasn't Patrick Stewart, but um, Ian McKellen did a, a sitcom on British TV not too long ago, and he did it just because he wanted to. It was him. Oh, and, oh, him and, and Richard Jekyll. No, it was Derek Jacobi. Derek Jacobi from, from I, Claudius. That's right. And, and they there played, were two was called, men. The was called Vicious, or the TV series was called Vicious. Vicious and they right. played these two old, this, this old gay these couple. Old these queers, old gay right. It was an and amazing had, series. It, very good. And they had, they had uh, straight sons and daughters. Yeah. And children, and they were always given the the queenest the queenest advice mm -hmm. to everybody, right? Yeah. All their advice was painted by their gayness, yeah. right? And that's what made it funny, right? It, it was a because great it was a great it, series. It is very good. It and is it was, very it, funny. They didn't even try to do it, you know, like it was it was a standard sitcom. Anyone else doing it, it would have been like, you know, oh, this is just this, right. This is rubbish. But they're trying but too hard. It was but, like they were just saying, we just want to do a shitty little sitcom, and they right. did it. It was hilarious. It was effortless. It's like it's like you could have just filmed them talking to these people, mm -hmm. and that was the comedy. Yeah. Right. It was. It was. It's. It's almost like um 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 that one who are what's that one that I hate all the time? It was on British TV. Uh, who was wait the one in the store? Uh, who uh, are you being served? Are you being served? Yeah, right. Something there like was that. another one, or or that one with Hyacinth and Richard, her That's husband. That's right. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, and Oslo. Keeping up appearances. Right. Keeping up appearances. You didn't have to write those, right? Yeah. <laughs> they That's were so good. Like, like you know, Derek Jacobi, <laughs> uh, you know, Ian McKellen, like two of the greatest actors in the world. Agreed. Like, we we want to do like a show like that, you know. Right. We want to do a show like Keeping Up Appearances. We want to do a show like. Right. Being served. As know, they're sitting there wearing their velvet smoking jackets oh, okay. and, and, and talking about young people yeah. and how young people don't aren't woke, right? <laughs> because because they're more they're just gayer, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it, oh, it is very good stuff. I, I agree. Yeah. And and of course, you know, if, if Ian McKellen and Patrick Stewart want to do anything together, you know. Oh, like and the fact that one's straight watch. and one's not. I, I really it, that, that, I love that. I wish what they would turn each other on well, alternate well, weeks. That's the thing. Right? And 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 that was the thing when when um, uh, there was a, a a reporter from the Guardian who mistakenly, uh, you know, just assumed that Patrick Stewart was gay. Right. And uh, of course he's not. But you know, and it's like the, you know, said Ian McKellen. I mentioned a bunch of actors who were gay, and, and of course Patrick Stewart was like silly Guardian. You can't catch gay from hanging out with your LBGT friends. You know. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> you know. I'm but, going to pick apples. If you want to come with me, I got a hat for you. Yeah. Right. And so he went. <laughs> uh, but Ian McKellen and Patrick Stewart, they did a, a waiting waiting for Godot. Right. Uh, on, I don't know if they did it on Broadway. They did it in, in Britain. They did it in New, in New York. They were, nice. And that would have been an, an amazing show. Oh, does any of those two men shows like that? Right. Yeah. Just it's, and again, when even when they're they're you know Xavier and and Magneto, right? Mm -hmm. They they put so much effort into the relationship between the two. Yeah. Right. You know, when he says, "I will bring you hope, my friend," you go, oh, "They've known each other a lifetime." Right. Yeah. I believe that. Right. Yeah. Um, so it, it just it, it, they embodied those characters. They were the mm -hmm. two that I wanted to play them in the movies. Even back in '99, when I heard the casting, I thought, okay, now we got something, and we've just been very, very lucky. Yeah. I mean, and they, have, with, they have known each other for all their whole lives. They have. Whole lives. I mean, they have. There was that old BBC show called Acting Shakespeare, right? Which was done back in the early '70s, which had McKellen and, and uh, Patrick Stewart and James Dame Judy Dench and uh, right. You know, uh, right. And when I see things like Excalibur, where you see that Patrick Stewart was in it, and you realize mm -hmm. the number of things he was in on yeah. British TV, all the little ones he did, you know, even Dune, I mean, he was great in that. He was you fantastic, know? yeah. I mean, even so much as so, if he played Gurney again, I would have no problem with that, because he looks the same as he did in 84. Well, yeah. And now, speaking of playing and revising character, he's going to be playing Captain Picard again. Right. Uh, did, did you see that Picard, that, that before they made Star Trek Next Generation, the test footage of him with a, a hair? Um, I, I I've seen the picture, but I don't I don't know that that was actually real or not. I, I, yeah, I've seen the picture actually, too. Uh, they did actually shoot a scene from in in an episode of Next Generation where he was a flashback scene for right where he was Russia, young, where he, he got actually, stabbed by those Nausicans. Where he actually did have hair. No, no, no. It was a it was Patrick Stewart with a with a wig, you know. But I don't think it was just a little brief little clip. But I saw that picture, and they were talking about how it was. They they thought at first that he would have hair. Yeah. And they showed it. It was kind of short, but it, it, glad they didn't because no, no. he's so much better, you know, yeah. just the way he looks. Yeah. And it's amazing. He never ages. So, and I'm hoping for good things. I mean, I'm still going through discovery, and I'm enjoying that. And even okay. though people hate 
you know. You haven't have you fi- have you finished the second season yet? No, I haven't. Okay, so I have no spoilers. No spoilers. But no. I mean, it's fantastic. But I've watched. I've, I'm like I've got a few left, so I've seen. Yeah. I've seen when he sees his future yeah. in the chair. That's I've seen. I've seen Leland of Borg. I've mm-hmm. seen uh, Control and stuff. So it's yeah. it's it's okay. It's a little overwrought sometimes. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it, it's much like Star Trek Enterprise. Mm-hmm. I think they're treading ground that they. But I love a lot of the stuff. I mean, there's so many good stuff. And uh, you know, Anson Mount does an amazing uh, job as Christopher. Pike. Proud of him, man. Uh, I'm Ethan lo- Peck plays Spock. Yes. And it, you know, they're both amazing. And I mean, uh, you know, and, and Anson Mount, uh, of course, has a podcast called The Well. Oh, see, even him. Which I've heard, you know, it's yeah, amazing. I podcast. bet you it's good. And and by the way, Anson, if you're listening, we, we'll have you on the show. We'll you have know, you, you on can, too. You can, you can plug your podcast on, on the Cave of Cool. On the Cave of Cool. There yeah. you go. Hey, buddy, that gets you. That'll get you numbers. Yeah. Five to ten at least. That's um, right. Yeah. But again, I see, and also Tilly, Tim, Timothy Oliphant, who was unjustified, played Raylan Givens, mm-hmm. right? Uh, he has his own podcast too. He's and who did he podcast. have on his podcast? Mm-hmm. Walter Goggins, Walton Goggins, right? Who played uh, Crowder, Boyd mm-hmm. Crowder. And also, Walton Goggins is in a new series, a comedy this year, this uh, uh, fall, called The Unicorn. Mm-hmm. And he plays a, a single father. And it's a comedy. And you know who Walt Goggins is, right? Yeah. Okay. He, he always plays bad guys, right? He always plays assholes, racist assholes and things like that and killers. But yeah. he plays like the sweetest character in this. <laughs> and he's very funny. And you should watch the trailer for The Unicorn, it's called. Um, and and he's in it, and him and Tim, Timothy Oliphant are talking about things, and they're laughing, and it's such it's so entertaining, and I'm going great. Now he's got a podcast, yeah, now, and he's a good one. Walton and Doctor Phil's is, got one. Now he's in uh, he, actually he was in um, The Hateful Eight. That's right. Yes. Mm-hmm. And 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 he's uh, I think, and he was also he in, in the Predator. New, isn't he in that new? Yeah, he was in Predator. Wasn't isn't he in that new um, Quentin Tarantino movie? I don't Which know. one? Once upon a time in, in California. I believe he is. Yes, I believe he is. Yeah. With Tom Cruise and and uh, um, Leonardo DiCaprio, who has one of the great lines in that movie mm-hmm. when that little girl tells him that that was the greatest acting she's ever seen. She's like eight, right? Yeah. And then he breaks into tears. He's like, <laughs> great, great fucking note, right? <laughs> and he's into, he's just broken in tears, right? Yeah. And she whispers, I just went, I have to see that because that yeah. looks so good. And they got the guy that's playing Bruce Lee. Uh, that is Bruce Lee. Right, yeah. so there's a fight scene with him and, and Brad Pitt, I guess, um, uh, with this Bruce Lee guy. So, I, you know, I'm into that. Anytime yeah. Tarantino touches anything, he's yeah. even got a Star Trek that's coming up. So um, Tarantino, yes, yes, and well, it's R-rated, of course. This is actually because... one of the things I really, I, I, I don't have a problem with Star Trek being R-rated. Oh, I mean, Discovery is is on CBS All Access, so it it, it can get a little freer with the uh, fucking A, yeah, bombs, yeah. You know? fucking signs, yeah. Um, but Fuck yeah, I, so I don't have a problem with that. I just have a problem. I don't know. I don't know whether I want to seize Quentin Tarantino's Star Trek. Yeah, really. Unless you want to have big battles where people are getting sliced in half by bathlets and stuff. Yeah. And really make it that kind of that kind of uh, over the top gory and stuff, yeah, right? And I, see I prisoners just, tortured. I, just, and, I really just hope that doesn't happen. I mean, I know everyone's getting excited. About but again, it. but again, he may have a story that's so original that we've never seen that in science fiction fiction before. You know, you know, because science fiction does have a certain thing that it follows, right? It's it it doesn't really stray too much from its conventions, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So maybe if he does make something like, again, if he made something like a, a Django Unchained but turned it into a Star Trek, who knows what that would be? Who knows? It may but, be the greatest movie we've ever seen. And I mean, I, I hope that he has enough love and respect for the source material to actually do it right, but I'm not, I'm worried about, see, I'm, you remember when Tim Burton did uh, Dark Shadows? Yes. Uh, you know, he, everyone, every Dark Shadows fan in the world is sort of like, oh God, you know, they were yeah. just absolutely Same thing when he did Dumbo, right? So I was, I was, you know, I'm, I'm worried that Quentin Tarantino is going to do a Dark Shadows for on Star. But again, he's he said he's only going to make how many movies? Ten. He's made eight. Yeah. Is it nine now? With with well, once time to time in Hollywood, that one that's coming out. I think that's his ninth. Yeah. Ninth. Yeah. So he's got one more to do if he keeps his word, right? It, he goes, As an he's going to do ten. Yeah. Yeah. As an okay. auteur. So that's why you know he calls Quentin Tarantino's ninth movie, eighth movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he take, That's why he takes so long with these. And he writes them all himself, and he and he's so involved in all of them. He doesn't give them up. It's not like a James Cameron who just talks and doesn't make nothing. Yeah. You know? Well, I'm getting pretty damn sick of him. Yeah. So who knows, man? Who knows the way the world is going to go? I hope Spider-Man's good. I hope there's no some bad twist to Mysterio being a real bad guy, and he caused his world to be destroyed by these creatures. It would be kind of cool if he was now part of 
the MCU, yeah, and they kind of retconned him. But no, again, he had one of the coolest outfits I've ever in the comics, oh, right? Oh, yeah, that's, yeah. Well, now that's that, you know what? That's the obvious choice. You know, right. I mean, right. you know that when if you do with Mysterio, that would be the obvious choice with the with the series. But again, you, you know, see the conversations in the trailer where he's talking about Peter saving the world. It, it doesn't look like he's going to go bad guy. You know. Yeah. yeah. I think it's going to be more about. Peter and, and Mary Jane and his no, friends. Well, and, the Mysterio is a villain in the comic book, so of course you can't yeah. turn around and make him a hero. So there, there is going to be some bad stuff happening, but you know, I just you know, I, maybe maybe they'll go with the guilt thing. You know, because mm-hmm. again, what kind of story did you put together to get um um uh, what's his name, Jake Gyllenhaal, to do it? Because he doesn't have to. Yeah. He doesn't. He he could wait for his MCU's chance. Exactly. Now, he's I mean, he's a buddy that, with. Right, that, He's another actor that they they always call up. It's like Jake, right. you know, we, we need to well, have Jake on, in something. Him and Ryan Reynolds are good buddies, right? They're yeah. always playing pranks on each other and stuff. So he's had his opportunity to be in any of those Deadpool's. He could be anything he wants to be. Yeah. So Sony must have really approached him. MCU must have approached him with something that may, maybe he is the next Iron Man, right? Maybe they're going to retcon the whole character. Well, and again, you know, he is such a minor um, Marvel character. You could do that in a way. But again, making him a bad guy where maybe he destroyed his own world, right? Um, and he was the last survivor of his world. There's a little bit of ennui and guilt and shit like that, right? It, it, it would be, but it's it has been done. I mean, when you, yeah, you're right. But you're anyway, right. Start, uh, um, Spider-Man Far From Home opens uh, this summer. Yep, a couple weeks. I'm not going to get more specific than that. because Well, it's supposed to save the summer, man, because summer's been so bad, apparently. It, it, yeah, it hasn't exactly been buffalo box office for, you know. Because there's better stuff on TV right now. Well, and again, yeah. another, another, another Stranger Things. How do you feel about that? I'm a little tired of Stranger Things. I'm all played out on Stranger Things. You know what? I, I, I love Stranger Things. I love the second, you know, Stranger Things. It was I, good. And I would, uh, I, I'm looking forward to the third one. I've tried to introduce it to, to Francis and Joe, mm-hmm. my wife and daughter, uh, but they just didn't like it. It's just like, yeah, I don't get it. Just, you and me, it's like a stand by me thing, right? Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. It's, it's that very idea. much. You know that whole early '80s kind of vibe, yeah. But for I, me, I it Millie Bobby Brown. She just never became anything else but Eleven. Mm-hmm. You know, and I found that I found her the same way in the in Godzilla. Yeah, now she's in I, the Godzilla King. Yeah, Monster. and I I hated it. I hated the fact that she, she waits all movie to tell her mother that her mother's a bitch. <laughs> See, even the name Millie Bobby Brown. Just Millie Bobby it's, Brown, yeah. Millie Bobby Brown, like her mother's a total bitch and a, a destructor of humanity. The whole movie, and she finally decides about nine tenths the way through to decide that her mother's not good, <laughs> and maybe I should have went with my father when he was here to rescue me, because my mother is batshit crazy, which we all discovered five minutes into the movie. Mm-hmm. And I hate when characters are that stupid, right? Yeah. You're sitting right beside her the whole movie. Why don't you say, Mom? This may not be the best idea for humanity, right? <laughs> yeah. Not just me and you. Well, see, that's the opposite of the very first Godzilla movie. Um, oh, who knows anymore? Who Brian even remembers? Carlson played someone who was, you know, everyone thought he was insane. His, his, you know, his son thought he was insane, but he was right. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And again, why is Brian Cranston in a bad Godzilla movie? And why can't they make a good Godzilla movie? And why does every creature have to be looked at bathed in blue light? Where, where we see the shadow of all the people standing there from the back, you know, uh-huh. looking at them come to life. And why when they wake up, they just have to kill and eat everything. So why wake them up, right? Yeah. You know, why Not- does the one nuclear bomb you have to wake up Godzilla? Mm-hmm. Because he needs radiation to feel better. That's because right. he's down in his house, his house, sulking, you know, like, like Achilles in his tent, mm-hmm. right? He's being a big baby. He doesn't want to go out and save the world. So you got to take a nuclear bomb next to him and set it off. And if you're Ken Wanasabi, right? Yeah. Why doesn't the bomb work by remote? Oh, because the only one we have was damaged somehow. It <laughs> fell down the stairs or something, right? <laughs> so he's got to go down with it right. and die. Why? It makes no sense, you know? Yeah. You can wait. Godzilla is having a nap. We can wait an hour for the next suitcase nuke to get here, right? But no. Yeah. It's like he's I, been asleep for that long. Yeah, another hour is just not going to make it much of a difference. But right, still, right. Ken, he's no, do, no, that's right. And why the only bomb they have it has to be detonated? It's like it's like a po- um, um, the one with Bruce Willis. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I yeah, you yeah, you know, yeah, either. yeah. But again, uh, he has to be the one, right? Be the one, of yeah. course, because we tried to stop it. It has to be detonated on site, not remotely. Fuck off. Yeah, no, well, then no, we're not no, setting the, it off. Now the uh, uh, and, and you know the literary allusion to, to you know her, uh, Achilles is 
you know, when we're talking about a Godzilla movie, that's just that's pretty yeah, most stuff. But I mean, that's I mean, Homer. Yeah, that's Godzilla Homer, man. <laughs> that's Homer. Just monsters, I mean. <laughs> and Godzilla, Homer. Like, what didn't Homer say? There's only three ideas for a story. Yeah. Man comes to town. Man leaves town. And Godzilla. Yeah. Right. See, that's, you know, Homer, if Homer were writing for TV today. That's right. Like Tolstoy, right? Man comes to town, man leaves town in Sharknado. TV series on Netflix. Um, That's right. Homer would turn that shit down. He would look at Game of Thrones and go, oof. Come on. Ten years to get home? Come on. (laughs) Godzilla uh, has always been a metaphor for, you know, I mean. The nuclear world. Nuclear bomb. It's, it's, it's you know, Japan is the only nation that has ever actually (laughs) had a nuclear bomb dropped on it. And two. And and yet and those so they're the ones who of course have had to process it. So and you know the in processing that history, they've come up with this this creature Godzilla. And it is brilliant. Like and, the metaphor and, is absolutely it's brilliant. Other things now. I mean, you know, people, like the early one was all about you know the, the Earth and and you know it right. becomes sort of a symbol of global warming and stuff like that. And uh, you know, and I mean, it's always a bad idea to sort of you know. No, it's fool. a pet. It's, it's a always pet. a bad idea to fool with Mother Nature and bring right. out things that have been you know. Hidden for you know, like like those mammals that that are now oh, it's please. I mean, I've seen that movie. There's a movie called Thaw, which yeah. is is with uh, Val Kilmer. Val Kilmer's in this movie. He plays a scientist, and his daughter comes up to see him because she hasn't heard from him in a while. Mm-hmm. And basically, he's unthawed in, and they must have filmed this in a Callaway because they film it up in the far north where there are no trees and just tents, right? Yeah. Um, but he unthawed this kind of woolly mammoth, and it had these parasites in it, and the parasites get on everybody, and they start. Mute, like they start becoming maggots are coming out of them and stuff, and it's very gruesome. Um, but it's all I think about when I think about the permafrost giving up these perfectly preserved head of a wolf. Exactly. Now, what yeah, took no. its head off? That's what I want to know. Yeah. The size of this wolf's head is as big as a garbage can. Mm-hmm. And the fact that it's perfectly severed, right? Yep. Something cut the head off this wolf, and it was no human. Right, okay. there's something with, I don't it could have been right, but he must have had an axe like Conan. It, it, so it's just this wolf's head. So someone actually did cut this wolf's head off and it left it yep. wherever, you know. Or, yeah, or, yeah. Yeah. Well, or maybe it just ate the body and it's like oh, I don't like that, that. Clean? Did you see the cut? <laughs> I'm not gonna eat the head. Yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah. It, that 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 whatever it ate it had utensils, yeah. right? So I don't want to know. Okay, so now what that we've got it. the 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 wolf, the giant wolf thing thought, you know. Okay, the, now the <laughs> thing that ate the giant wolf. Obviously, he's under the permafrost somewhere too, and eventually it's just only a matter of time before exactly. that exactly exactly comes up. And, yeah. I, and I'm sorry, and any, any, any prehistoric pathogens that just happened to be in the air at the time, you know, that if we went back to the to that age, right, would get us right away like those the Martians died in in um, uh, you know attack. Uh, Invasion of, of worlds, yeah. War of the Worlds, thank you. That they they're killed by the germ when they yes. come under their spaceship. The common cold, yeah. Right, that would kill us because there you know there's something living in that meat. Yes. That the that this prehistoric wolf. There's a reason it's been blissfully frozen in the permafrost all this time. But because of our stupidity, all these things are going to thaw out. They're going to release a pathogen that we can't deal with. We're already having trouble with superbugs. I mean, well, there are a few that do are totally antibiotic and, and, you know, resistant we're, now. We're having trouble with freaking measles. You know, exactly. We, we, we can't convince people to. Stu- you know, a couple of stupid people say, oh, "I don't need to get immunized." You know, we are throwing it. that on a table on a slab oh, to, to investigate under a microscope, and I'll bet you they're just going to wear those little masks that people in China wear when it's the <laughs> smoggy day. I'm sorry. When when I got to see the the University of Alberta's mummy. I mean, it was basically a, we were in hazmat suits. Yeah. Right. Even though the mummy had been opened before, mm-hmm. it hadn't been opened. Before like this much, yeah. when they were doing a major study on the University of Alberta's mummies, right? They've right. got a, a couple of them, mm-hmm. and and because I was on this this graduate class, I managed to sneak my way into. I got to kind of stand around, but we were in the freaking hazmat suit. You were wearing and a hazmat suit. I was wearing a hazmat suit, and I was just sitting on a stool. Mm-hmm. Well, they opened up this this little. A wooden sarcophagus. What again? A wooden sarcophagus. If something would have snuck through the seal or something, right? Yeah. Long before I was in that room. But the mm-hmm. fact that they took that precaution just in case because they were going to unwrap part of this thing, right? Yeah. Um. So I'm just like, if that's the case, when I'm seeing a picture of this thing exposed, that means someone got close enough with a camera mm-hmm. to this exposed wolf head. Yeah. And so yeah, I'm sorry. This things like that just drive me, it make me insane because I'm terrified of. I'm bad enough Ebola. And yeah. people just say, Cal, as long as you don't deal with fluids from a person infected with Ebola, how do I know the guy that just peed his pants on the bus 
didn't have Ebola. I know. I, right? just saw, I just saw a report the other day that, that you know, those touchscreen menus at McDonald's? Yes. They all have poo on them. You know, they, oh. They've all it's got like, fecal matter on them. Somewhere. Right. So it's like, you know, it's like my beard is supposed to be full of fecal matter, and my money's supposed to be covered in cocaine, right? You're like, come on. I mean, and I, I lived, I worked in the school for 20 years, so if that didn't kill me, mm-hmm. even my immunity is not going to protect me. My super immunity. Yeah. Because now, now, now speaking of speaking of our health, speaking yes. of your health, no. uh, your birthday was not too long ago. No, June first. Yeah. Now you spent your birthday or the yeah. evening before your birthday with a trip to the hospital. How did that come about? Every every I've had this about six times in my life. So few that I can actually count them. And since I turned about twenty, I get these attacks about every couple of years. And they hit me in the same spot, right in the center of where a kind of your esophagus meets your stomach, right. where all of your little organs are, like your pancreas and your thyroid and your gallbladder and all that mm-hmm. stuff, right? It hits me like I've been shot. Mm-hmm. And I just I – can't, I can't move without feeling pain. I'm, it's so – it's a 10 mm-hmm. out of 10. Okay. And it got so bad, and I'm throwing up and everything. They had to call the ambulance. Guys come pick me up. Mm-hmm. Got, a, got a trainee with them, of course, right? Of right. course, like so, always with me a trainee, and they they had to take I don't know how many different like, echocardiograms because they weren't getting any readings, right? right? And I'm going <laughs> what? No readings, vice. You got to get something on that thing. Oh, I don't know why. Let's try this again. Maybe you didn't move. I'm not moving, right? Just don't get any readings. So they take me down to the hospital. I see the cops walk by with evidence bags, right? I'm going, is that evidence bags? And the cop stops, <laughs> goes, what? Are those evidence bags? Yeah. Oh, sorry. I watch a lot of live PD. That's a great <laughs> show, isn't it? Right. And so they gave me they gave me like a lot of Ativan. They gave me some some drugs and stuff. So I was feeling a little better. Uh-huh. But then it came back. And they got to the point where they had to give me uh, morphine. Okay. And a pretty big dose of it to just keep the pain from going. So I was in this pain for like six hours. Get this little doctor, typical Jewish nebbish, Doctor Gash. Like uh-huh. how do you like the how do you like the jokes he had to put up with, right? I, it's I cool. can imagine. Yeah, Doctor Gash, Dr. and he's got Gash. the curly hair, very Jewy, Jewfro, and everything, right? But good doctor, checking all my 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 meds and showing him, talking to me like I'm a human being and stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm lying there and I'm watching my heartbeat. And he goes, I go, is 40 low? And he goes, yeah, 40 excessively low. Why? <laughs> Because that's what that says. And he goes, oh, you shouldn't really look at that. <laughs> right? <laughs> you know? And I'm, he goes, try to get up to 50. We'll make it like a game. And I go, Doc- <laughs> doctor, do I look like the type? Come on. You could do 50. Right? <laughs> and so I got it up to 50. And he, he go, oh, I've had a lollipop. I give you one. I go, doctor, you know, help <laughs> Right? But he dealt with me in a really good way, right? Yeah. Like he was overly friendly and funny because he just knew this is how I deal with this maniac, right? Because I already made the nurse upset because I had the IV in, right? And the doc they put the fluids in because I was I was puking, right? Right. And so the 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 the, the paramedic had the fluids in, and I, and I look in the the thing for the fluids is not in the IV anymore, right? Mm-hmm. And I go, where's the IV? And she goes, it's in your arm. No, the IV. Yeah, right here in your arm. No, the IV. I meant the the liquid, right? The, yeah. the the bag. Why is it not attached? But she meant just the 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 thing they put in to add other things, right? Yeah. You know the two needles they put in your veins, right? Yeah. And bruise you all the hell up, right? Yeah. Like I'm not pretty anymore. I'm damaged <laughs> goods now. Um, but I, but it was five minutes of this. It was like who's on first, uh-huh. right? She goes, IV, this is IV, like I'm I'm from another country. Where's the other half? Where's the IV? What are you talking about? The bag, the banana bag, the the liquid. Oh, the liquid. That's not called an IV. Yes, it is. On TV, it's called an IV. You watch too much TV. This is an emergency. I know better, right? And I can't believe I'm having this discussion with this person, right? Uh And she came in once more to just uh, turn on the lights on me. And I swear to God she did that just to turn the lights on. Right, because like after they gave me the morphine, she turned out the lights and closed the curtain. Right, mm-hmm. and so, but I could hear the other doctors talking about patients, and then I could hear them talking to the patient, and they said a totally different thing that they said to each other. It was almost like, yeah, I give him about five minutes to die. Yeah, I think I don't think we could save him. I'm gonna go in and pretend to tell him that you're just gonna fall asleep now and you'll be fine in the morning. Right? It was like that. Right? And I wanted to get up and tell, no, don't listen to him. <laughs> Slap the needle out of his hand, right? <laughs> As they're dragging me away, right? And giving me a shot. No! Right? I knew their secret. But that's that's how bizarre it was. And then about 3 in the morning, he comes in. He goes, how are you feeling? I, go, I have no pain at all now. And it goes, I said, this always happens this way. It's like, And they could tell. Like I was just the sweat, my eyes, everything. I was just 
I, I, and we don't know what it is. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking for a new doctor now because my old doctor went to emergency. Um, he wasn't there that night. I wish he was. Um, Dr. Kruger, my South African. I need another South African doctor because yeah. I always have a South African doctor. Mm-hmm. And they hate tomatoes for some reason. I don't know why that is. Uh, <laughs> every time they say, you shouldn't eat tomatoes, Cal. And I bet you that would have been his first question to me. Did you have anything with tomatoes? <laughs> what is with you South Africans and tomatoes? You Canadians, you put them on everything. Why? Why? Why is ketchup made of tomatoes? They don't get it. And it's just – I don't know what it is about South African culture. I want to meet Trevor Noah one day just to ask him because yeah, he's from what, South what Africa. Is the, yeah, why, what is with the tomatoes? tomatoes? And he goes, oh, tomatoes, and he would have a whole, a whole thing about it, right? <laughs> because I, that's two doctors now that have uh, gone on a rant with me about tomatoes mm-hmm. in my time with them, right? Yeah. So – so he wasn't there. So I don't know what it is, and I keep going back every time. I try to work through my mind. What is this that causes this attack? And I, I haven't figured it out yet. But I'm looking for a new doctor now. The process continues. I interview people. You know, I've got to get the right guy. Yeah. Um, so once I do, that's going to be that's going to be number one on my list because I I can't go through that again. Mm-hmm. The next one will kill me probably. Okay. So is there like a multi-syllabic word for what it is that you've got, or? Uh... No, that's the thing is, it goes away so so quickly that mm-hmm. after about six, eight hours, but it's six, eight hours of unbelievable pain, mm-hmm. that it should be something that's there permanently, right? Yeah. It shouldn't be like if I move my body one way, two nerves cross, like I cross the streams like in Ghostbusters, right? Yeah. Yeah. And that would be bad. Somehow I cross my streams, okay. right? So now this I, held my ha- I held my pee hand is my right hand, not my left, right? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's what caused it. It's, it's probably something so stupid like that. Okay, so now this is something that happens to you every... I don't know, about every two years or so. It happened to fall on my birthday, so that was the that was the nice thing too, you know, because yeah. there was a nice German chocolate cake in the fridge. I couldn't even think of because I would have puked it up anyway. And yeah, then yeah. I drank uh, um, um, that uh, uh, what's it called, Pepto Bismol. Mm-hmm. So then your puke tastes takes that pinkish yeah. cream soda she, yeah. and it's chalky. And then and then you think I'll take some more, and then you puke that up again. Yeah. Oh, just it was just horrible. And of course, when you got a beard, and you puke on your beard and stuff. And a woman, and then then the other that the. the uh, paramedics there going, boy, if we had a prize for best beard tonight, you'd win. And I go, yeah, best beard covered in puke, I'd win, right? And she goes, let let me get you a tissue, right? Thank you for somebody, somebody thinking of me, right? Because yeah. there is puke. I go, there is puke on my beard, right? That's why they wouldn't give me a mirror, right? Because they knew. You know, we say it all the time. Yeah, you do, but I don't, right? Often, often if I could avoid it, I don't go into public covered in, in my own vomit, right? Mm-hmm. And I was being like that, right? I was yeah. being like that kind of person. Right. And and that kind of person just weighs on people, I find, right? Even though I'm the sick one, yeah. you know, the caregivers tend to <laughs> tend to frown on that kind of attitude from a patient. Uh-huh. You know, I, I'm sorry, I can't help it. You know, I'm usually a little more charming or less, yeah. but right now, this is who you get. Yeah. And and I probably could control it, but I don't. Uh-huh. You know, it's always say like I I will I I won't change. I'll only pretend to change. Zach Galifianakis, that was the greatest line he ever said, you know, yeah. in therapy. I'm only going to pretend to change. Yeah. You know, you should know, right? We're all wasting our time uh, here. Well, I'm glad you're okay. We're glad you survived. I do, I, because eventually, eventually, when, I, when, when I'm called upon to save the world, you will all feel relieved that I'm still alive. Yeah. yeah. You know, that's when you'll, you'll realize. I realize you're not going to appreciate it now. Mm-hmm. I realize you're going to, huh, fuck, who cares, meh. But... One day you will, and that's that's what keeps me going. Tell me 
This has been a COC production. 